episode 80 of the Brotherly Love Sports Podcast. We have an awesome episode today brought to you by Stella Roos, Philly band, great band. We have no relation to them. They're playing Thursday, August 29th, 7 p.m. at World Cafe Live with Ryan Tennis and Kirby Siebert. Tickets are available uh, 21 and over. Find uh, Stella Roos Music on Spotify, iTunes, and other music streaming outlets. See their website for full concert calendar, stellaruse.com. That's S-T-E-L-L-A-R-U-Z-E.com. My mind just wanders near and far. My mind just wanders near and far. Can't stand no wind, can't stand that you are gone. All right, we got an awesome, jam-packed interview today. We're not going to waste much time. I'm here with my boy, Mike Dan. This is one of the best episodes yet. You guys are in for a treat. I'm pumped. Yeah, let's not waste any time. Eggy and I had the chance to interview Phil Martelli earlier. He's, uh... The Phil Martelli. The Phil Martelli. So, Phil, you have three new Michigan fans as a result of you being the assistant there. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for coming on the Bro Love Cast. It really meant a lot. Let's jump right into the interview. Brotherly right. Love Sports Podcast is happy to welcome Michigan men's basketball assistant coach Phil Martelli to the program today. Coach Martelli, how are we doing? I'm doing great, guys. Just just doing terrific uh, out here in Ann Arbor and getting my uh, living situation taken care of and, and uh, office work. I'll even go back to the office a little bit later today. Okay. All right. Well, for the listeners, it's me, Eggy, with you, as well as one of the coach's best former campers at St. Joe's. Ian, hype yourself up here for a little bit, man. I know we were talking about it before we got online. Thanks, Eggy. Yeah, I was uh, I was lucky enough to go to St. Joe's basketball camp as a kid. Have great memories and learned a lot from from Coach Martelli and the staff. So, extremely grateful for that. But, Coach, you're a basketball legend. You're a Philly legend, and we're extremely happy to have you on. Well, I appreciate that part. I, I I just tried to be me, and uh, you know I, I don't know that I'm, I'm I deserve or warrant legendary status. As long as people knew that I was a good person, and uh, just trying to touch each person one at a time, just build relationships because those relationships will last a lifetime. Absolutely. Now, now, coach, you certainly made a great impact on me. You were fantastic to me in my in my couple of years that I was with you at St. Joe's. Um, I always loved following you guys since I graduated in 14. Now, this has been an interesting past few months. Talk to me about what this process has been like uh, since your departure from St. Joe's uh, as you look forward going on to uh, your next job here at Michigan. Well, I'm just I'm very, very thankful for uh, the number of people that, that – uh, had discussions with me, had conversation, had thoughts that they delivered uh, about don't rush into things, be patient, uh, the belief, uh, really a spir- at a spiritual level, the belief that uh, my heart would be touched. And the first day that I talked to Juwan Howard, my, my heart was touched. And I believe that this was a uh, preordained 
that I would end up here and, and be able to uh, mold and help mold Jawan into what I, who I think will become a great, great college basketball coach. He is a fabulous man. Uh, for many of us, when, when uh, a longtime NBA executive referred to him as uh, Jameer-like, that was all I needed to hear, and that's all I have found him to be. Very special man, uh, college graduate, graduated a year after his NBA. Uh, he was drafted number five in the NBA. Family man, and he loves his school. So um, this is going to be quite a journey. And, uh, you know, other than being physically out of Philadelphia, my heart will never leave Philadelphia. I got to be honest with you, Coach. I was surprised. I didn't know where you'd wind up. I took your word for it hearing that you said you wanted a coach. But it just cracked me up. You're a Philly guy through and through. I mean, have you ever left Philly? Have you ever lived outside of Philly, like, at all? I've never, I've never lived outside of Philly. But there is a little-known fact about me. I was born <laughs> in Michigan. Uh, my father was in what? the Air Force uh, at Mount, in Mount Clemens, Michigan, and I was born here. I was only here for nine months. Uh, but anytime oh. the teams have done well, Michigan or Michigan State, I've always bragged that I was really born Michigan. I was a transplant at Philadelphia, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to follow the Phillies every day. I'm hoping that these injuries, this injury uh, bug will leave them and, and they could have a great year and uh, – and then when when the football season kicks in, uh, I'll be following from afar uh, the Eagles. And uh, for the first time in my life, I'll be engaged in college football, uh, going to the Michigan home games and, and watching them when they're on the road. Yeah, you're going to be saddling up to Jim Harbaugh in no time, huh? <laughs> on Sunday, the football staff was having their camp, and they invited me. They knew I was in the office, and they invited me over, and I went to the 50-yard line in the big house. Uh, and it was it was uh, quite an experience, one I'll never forget. Coach, I know you grew up in Delaware County. You went to school at St. Joe's Prep. I actually have some family that went and are still going to the prep, so I wanted to shout them out. And I also know that you went to college at Widener, and I've lived in Philadelphia for most of your life. So with all that said, what is your favorite cheesesteak in the city? Uh, that's a really great question. I'm not a red meat guy. I just tried it years and years ago. I said, I wonder if I could do this without red meat. I also did it with beer. Uh, I haven't had a, a drop of alcohol in, uh, I don't know, 30, 35 years, maybe 30 years, and I haven't had a cheesesteak. I, occasionally I sneak one, but it was always after a, a tough practice when Eggie would wear me out, and I'd say, you know what, I better go upstairs and get some comfort food. <laughs> And and they, they would run a, a steak over for me from Larry's. Uh, Ian, Ian, I was I was as quiet as a church mouse, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me, out of 35 years of coaching, you never once went up there and had like a had a beer, you know, or, or no. a, a cold whiskey waiting for you? Nope, 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 nope. I had one beer. I will admit the one beer in 19 uh, in 1990. Uh, six when we won the Atlantic 10 championship, we won it at the Spectrum. And, uh, okay. That night on my, on my way home, I met my family at a, at a place in Havertown. And, uh, I had one beer. Uh, I probably had one sip and then put it down. But, uh, 
it was just a challenge that I gave myself one day uh, that I, I thought I could give it up. I wasn't an excessive drinker, but I thought I could give it up, and I did, and I was successful. Well, that's all right. Cool, Coach. When, when Ian and I stop giving it up our beers, we'll let you know. It might not ever happen, though. How about it, Ian? <laughs> well, we don't want to uh, Coors to shut down or, or – or Budweiser to shut down. So you guys keep doing what you're doing, just as long as you're safe. Just as long as you're safe. Yeah. Oh, of course. We're, we're Coors guys in this family, Coach. You had it right. Now, now you mentioned your family. One of the one of the fondest memories, uh, you know, several memories I had from playing at St. Joe's was getting to know your family, whether it was your father at practice, you know, your wife at the games, or or your grandson, who was who was the most popular guy on our team, I would say. Uh, you know, what, what did your what did your family say? I know a couple of your sons are coaching at various places. Uh, you know, what did they say when when they when you told them that, that you were heading out to, to Michigan to coach for them? Well, uh, because of what we had been through as a family over the 10 weeks, they were just absolutely elated. And they knew how much homework I had done. And this was not uh, the first opportunity that I had been presented. Uh, there were opportunities in broadcasting. There were opportunities uh, NBA International, there were opportunities possibly in the NBA, but they knew from my expression, my body language, uh, my verbal cues that I gave them that this was this was something that I understood was a sacrifice for them, and it's a sacrifice for me. You know, uh, uh, I watch the NBA games and the playoffs, and I watch by myself, and I'm on the phone all the time, and I love going to my grandchildren's. Uh, events uh but for for this moment in time uh this is the right thing for us as a family and 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 i needed them to approve of this not just selfishly i'm going to do this you guys know that coaches uh can sometimes live their lives by themselves uh but to me it's always been family first and team second so um this was a this was as much a family decision as it was my decision. Absolutely, and hey, coach, you know that broadcasting thing is still in your future. I heard Brotherly Love Sports podcast is seeking a uh, top correspondent, so just keep that in the back uh, pocket. You know what? You know, you know, uh, I, I'd be glad to do piece work for you guys. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll I'll see. Be your big ten correspondent. That's awesome. Yeah, right. Coach. Yeah, you're. <laughs> All right, Coach, as you very well know, assistant coaches sometimes specialize in defensive sets, offensive sets, recruiting, strategy, et cetera. So with that said, will you focus on a specific part of the game and or coaching at Michigan? Actually, we're going to have a meeting on Wednesday morning. Uh, uh, today was kind of logistics, get everybody moved in, uh, get everybody set up with their extended stays. Uh, tomorrow will be compliance. And then Wednesday, we are going to do uh, specifics in terms of recruiting. Are we going to recruit areas? Are we going to recruit classes? Uh, you know, who's going to handle in the skill development? All that will be determined on Wednesday. Did you have a relationship with Joan Howard before interviewing for the job at Michigan? I had met him three times casually. Uh, but to his credit, he remembered each of those dives. And he mentioned... Uh, you know what he thought of my interactions, but but he did a lot of vetting. He talked to a lot of people at a lot of levels of basketball, and uh, thankfully, the way I have conducted myself for 34 years came back, and 
even the people here at Michigan, the, the administrators who were involved, told me that they had talked to upwards of 35 different people, and uh, everybody kind of, with that, with that, without it being orchestrated, they felt it was very organic in the respect and, that I had given to others and the respect that they gave to me. Well, Ian, Coach and I were, uh, Coach Ian and I were trying to talk about uh, whether St. Joe's had played Michigan. I know uh, a couple years ago Minnesota came. Um, so we're, you know, I, how familiar are you with Big Ten basketball, and what kind of what kind of play do you expect in terms of style? And, uh, you know, whether it's athleticism and, and skill compared to what well, you come to know in the Atlantic Town. You know, I think when you look at it and you, and you start rattling off these names, Ohio State, multiple Final Fours, Michigan, multiple Final Fours, Michigan State, multiple Final Fours, uh, Iowa has a Philadelphia coaching them, Fran McCaffrey, uh, mm-hmm. Northwestern, we all remember that run that they made a couple of years ago. So this, this is, this is, and you have the East Coast flavor. You have Rutgers, you have Maryland, you have Penn State. So I think that this is going to be an incredible uh, challenge. I think it starts with recruiting because, uh, you know, not to sound uh, snobbish about it, but I'm going to be going into different gyms now than I would when I was at St. Joseph's and looking at different players and, and you know, pursuit of players who, who want to get to the NBA sooner rather than later. So, uh, as long as they're quality individuals, uh, Juwan Howard has given us the okay to pursue guys from coast to coast, uh, from the Canadian border to the, to the Mexican border, and even into Canada now, with Canada being so big in basketball. So we're going to be very engaged. Uh, I can't wait to, uh, to, be, to have the opportunity to see these facilities and to compete against coaching staffs because I have a lot of a lot of uh, not just acquaintances, but friends that are on these various staffs. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. I mean, you're right. You know, I remember McCaffrey and then Pat Chambers at Penn State. He's a Philly guy too, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So you got a lot of Philly flavor in the, in the Big Ten, man. That's that's fantastic. Now, do you know much about the personnel that you have presently? I understand there's nine scholarship guys. On the team, did they have guys decommit with the change in staff on D-line last, or what, what do you guys have one, coming back? One, yeah, one guy decommitted. Uh, we have a great, great, uh, we have a great point guard and a great center, uh, and then we have to flush out players. Uh, three leading scores uh, declared for the draft, uh, and then the next batch of guys really didn't play that much, so. It's uh, going to be development. We're going to start our, our skill development on July 3rd and getting on the court with these guys and finding out. And then we can decide. Ian asked a question earlier about systems and styles. We can then decide on a style once we see what we have. Uh, we're going to continue to pursue the transfer market to add players to this year's roster. Coach, I, uh, I heard you say that you were going to be entering new gyms with the Big Ten. So I wanted to bring up, do you have favorite gyms from the past that you've coached in? Uh, the Dayton Arena comes to mind uh, in the Atlantic 10, VCU's arena, the Siegel Center. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Ian. Anytime, the, anytime an opposing team had a really good team and really good players, I thought that was a great gym. St. Bonaventure has been great great to me over the years. So, uh, But when the players were better, 
the gyms are better, uh, the atmosphere is better, and certainly that's what college basketball players deserve, to have great atmospheres night in and night out. But uh, no, I mean, yep. I think that's I think that's good on our end, Coach. You know, we said we wanted to keep it around 20 minutes. No, I, I just I just appreciate uh, you know my opportunity at St. Joseph's allowed me to create a lifetime of memories and friendships that will be lifelong, and uh, to be touched by special guys like the two of you means the world to me. And please know that my phone is always on to your podcast, to your to your needs, to your wants, anything. Just give me a call. Just don't call me for football tickets when Michigan and Notre Dame, those ca- those tickets are already <laughs> accounted for about nine times over. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right I'll, I'll call you for the Purdue, Purdue game, all right? <laughs> you got it. Coach, we, Coach, we appreciate you. I know I, I, I you. speak, you know, for so many guys that play for you that you took care of us and you're you're such a good coach. You're a better man. So, you know, I love you, man. Thank you. nothing but the best. And, uh, you know, I heard Ian's charge that he took at your camp wasn't even a charge. It was probably a block. I love you guys. Thank you, man. All right, Coach. All right, Coach. Thank you, Thanks you very much. Thank you. All right. Thanks again, Phil. That was awesome. Mike, what a legend. Am I right? Legend. He could take Philly cheesesteaks out to Ann Arbor. That would be a bold move. He could, but he doesn't even like red meat. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so isn't there a funny fact that Phil was in the same Hall of Fame Pennsylvania Hall of Fame oh class? dude so I got two connections to coach Phil coach's son was my camp counselor in 6th grade at Dickinson Red Devil basketball camp Jimmy Martelli what a boss what a boss and then yeah coach Phil shared a induction class with the old man Kenny D Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame what don't remember man. what class it was but there's actually, maybe for another episode, a really funny story about Kenny D's speech following up an epic speech by Coach Phil. Well, that's what's up. That's what's up. Well, Mike, we just witnessed the best game of the NBA Finals so far. I don't even think that's a question. Uh, the game was back and forth. The Warriors were up big by maybe like 10, and the Raptors came pouring back, back and forth at the end. Kawhi took over, had 10 points in about a minute. Steph Curry hit some shots. Kawhi, or uh, Excuse me. Um, Clay Thompson hit some shots. It was just a great game back and forth. Kawhi Leonard misses the big one. There was some sloppy basketball. There was some great basketball. There was some stupid shit, and there was some awesome shit. Right. Well, let's start with who's in, who's out. Who's in, who's out. All right. Who's in? The Warriors are in. They're in this NBA Final Series again. Um, Obviously, KD went down in the game. Hurts their chances quite a bit. But they survived tonight in a close game. So they're in it, man. They're going back to Golden State. They're hopefully going to get another dub, and we're going to have more basketball. I don't think anyone wants basketball to end. So pump the brakes, Toronto. We want more basketball. Once game seven comes, you know, root for who you want. Personally, I want the Warriors to get another one. But I'm not going to be mad if, if the Raptors do. I like Kawhi Leonard. I, I don't mind this Raptors team. It's hard for me to root for them because they knocked my Sixers If the out. Raptors didn't beat the Sixers, Philly people wouldn't be talking about how much they hate the Raptors. It's, it's a true. pretty simple thing. Very true. They're a cool team. Kawhi's amazing. Yeah. So no one likes the bandwagon. No one wants the Warriors just to keep rolling over. It's great basketball. You have to like watching it. But... I don't know. I'm over them, and I'm ready for Kawhi to take over. I think it would be amazing poetic justice. After Zaza Pachulia hurt Kawhi, put him out of the rest of that finals, 
which the Warriors had no answer for him in that particular finals, misses the, practically the whole next season, basically leads to his trade from San Antonio to Toronto. For him to come back in a Toronto uniform and take down the Raptors, I mean the Warriors, I'm all in. Yeah, well, who's out? It's Kevin Durant. I feel even if the Raptors do win this, there's got to be an asterisk next to this championship win because KD hasn't been there. KD is the number one player in the NBA. Maybe second to Kawhi Leonard. And there was a point in today's game when he had 10 points in about a minute where I was like, Kawhi Leonard might be the best player in the NBA. But, you know... I mean, he leads the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. Right, but KD's out. And I feel like we're all getting screwed because we're not seeing one of the best players perform right now because of an injury. I want to see this guy perform because he's in his prime, and it's the NBA Finals. No doubt. So, Mike, who you got? Who's in, who's out? So I'm going to shift gears a little bit and take it over to the ice rink. Who's in is Zdeno Chara, the captain for the Boston Bruins. Screw you, Boston, and all your championship teams. It's annoying that you might win three of the major four sports this year. Like, screw you guys. But at the same time, Zdeno Chara has a broken jaw. He can barely speak, but they put a little mask on him, and he's playing. He's playing. Love it. Great captain stuff out of Dan O'Chara. Um, who's out? Blues fans. You guys are out. You're out of here. You had a chance to wrap it up at home. I'm putting this one on you fans. You're out now because Game Seven's in Boston. There won't be another game in St. Louis. The only way you're back in is if you upset the boys in black up in Boston and find a way to have a parade down in St. Louis. Good luck. Who you got in Game 7? for? Boston's got all the momentum. I hate to say it, but I think they're going to get it done. Zdeno Chara captain, as a captain. I think Tuka Rask between the pipes is the netminder. I think it's over. I think the Bruins handle it. 5-3 Bruins. All right, let's go right into dumb, dumb, and dumber. I'm going to start us off. What's dumb is Kawhi Leonard passing the ball there at the end. Uh, he did get doubled. Great play. Great play by Iguodala to bring the double. He was caught off guard, swung it to Van Fleet, who swung it to an open Kyle Lowry in the corner, who airballed, <laughs> shot the ball off the side. I guess of not the technically an airball, hit the side of the backboard. Bad shot. Horrible shot. Maybe got tipped. I don't know. Couldn't really tell. So a lot of people are going to say, don't call a timeout in that scenario. Just let it flow. It looked like it could have worked. But you call a timeout because when Kawhi drives right and gets doubled by Iguodala, he looks right to dish. And who was there? I think it was like Marcus Gasol or something. You call a timeout so you can set the guys up where when a double comes, he dishes to a shooter. It's pretty simple. But it wasn't set up, and then they had to rotate the ball to the opposite side of the court. Kyle Lowry got a bad shot, game over. Dumb on Kawhi, dumb by not calling a timeout, I think. And dumb by Kyle Lowry for not shooting a good shot. He shot off the side of the backboard. He, yeah, puckered up. He couldn't even cry to the refs. He just knew he No, he just, like, just walked right away. I love him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like him too, but, yeah, that was... That was weak. Anyway, Dummer, Dummer is going to be back on both coaches. I get it. You got to rest your guys. It's been a long season. It's been a long playoffs. It's been a long game. Why are the best players on both teams sitting at the beginning of the fourth quarter? Sit them at the end of the third. Sit them the entire third. If I'm Nick Nurse, I'm not putting Kawhi Leonard on the bench for a second in the fourth quarter. I get it. You're also kind of thinking about the next game. No, you're not. You're thinking about the fourth quarter and winning a championship at home in Toronto. The best chance you have. 
You keep Kawhi Leonard on the court the entire fourth quarter. If he needs a rest because he's running out of gas, sit him in the third. Give him an extra break in the third. Same with Steve Kerr and Steph Curry. Why was he not on the court the entire fourth quarter? Last game of the season. Can't run anything back. back. All right, dumbest. Stephen A. Smith had a pretty poor analysis. What did he say? I like you, Stephen A. I like what he says most times. He said right before they signed off in their pregame show, he said something to the effect of, the winner of this game has a chance to win it all. It was like, Stephen, <laughs> yeah, we know. Of course. If the Raptors win, they win. Right. And, and then he stopped himself and he was like, well, hold on. It was a bad Stephen A. Smith impression. He'd probably do a better one. You don't think? No. Well, you got to try for the fans. Stay off the weed. <laughs> Stay off the weed. <laughs> so Stephen came back and he was like, well, if the Raptors win, they obviously win. But if the Warriors win, they got a chance to win the finals. And it was like, dude, yeah, <laughs> we know. <laughs> if the Warriors win, they have a chance to win the championship. Thanks for the input, Steven. I'm glad he caught himself, though, whatever. After the Raptors coming, yeah. When you're on TV for that many hours, you got to mess up sometimes. Totally. But it was Dude, big... we're in the podcast for like a couple minutes a month, and I mess up all the time. Yeah, we mess up, but we just we just go with the flow, just like he did. Unedited, unfiltered. Brotherly love, sportscast. We don't check facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Hope you have a great night. Hope you enjoyed the Phil Martelli interview. Uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.